Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Good morning, Ned. Uh, morning. Do you know, it's actually incredible, David. Honestly, I was just thinking about it because uh, our podding has become a little bit more sporadic since our flurry of activity throughout the month of May. Mm. But um, so I was reflecting on the journey that you and I have been on, both physical and metaphorical, and taking our dear listeners with us. And it did occur to me waking up this morning feeling fresh and bushy, bu- fresh, what's the phrase? Something bushy tailed. Um, bushy, t- fresh, fresh, fresh faced and bushy tailed. Well, maybe not fresh faced. That would be a bit of a stretch. Uh, bushy tailed anyway. Bright eyed. Bright eyed and bushy tailed. Um, it occurred to me that I haven't dreamt. Oh, wow. That I, since our therapy, since you cured me, I can't remember that's, a single dream. That's properly bonkers. You have a gift. A rare gift. I think, I think maybe I do have. Or the problem is there is also beginner's luck could have come into it. Oh, that's true. Maybe I can only, maybe I've discovered a gift for analyzing imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, yeah, maybe that I've your, exhausted uh, my resources. career trajectory, you might have peaked already. So it might, it might be one of those ones where I'm better. I've done that with many things in the past, just been really good really quickly and thought, you know what? I'm going to leave that there. Yeah. I just, just, just put it down. Let's leave. Let's move on to the next thing. Possibly like, because, uh, possibly like wall ball. Actually, that's a very good point. Wall ball was very similar to that. I felt I thought, oh, I beat Mitch. My first ever game. I mean, your first ever competitive wall ball game, and you beat the co-founder, who whose brother codified the sport and invented it. Um, yeah, that's true. That's actually. not bad. That's not bad. That's where my um, being mildly ambidextrous helps as well. Yeah, that's hugely impressive. Left hand was good. Talking about other sports, because let's we can talk about cycling eventually, because there's quite a lot mm-hmm. of that. But talking about other sports, have you been following the progress of uh, FC Girona? No, what I haven't, but I know you have. And so, what's going on? Um, they are last night. So we're recording this on um, Monday. So uh, yesterday they beat um, Valladolid. Is that how you pronounce it? Valladolid. Valladolid. Uh, yeah. 2-1 in the first leg of their playoff. So they um huh. and they were away from home. So they have a huge advantage now. The next uh the next leg of the playoff so is on, on Sunday. And they're gonna go up to La Liga. Almost oh certainly. My God. So they back go. in. Yeah. Back in the Liga. That's yeah. so cool. Well, that's amazing. Hands off to them. You know what? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you an FC drone atop for, for Tour de France duty. Really? Yeah, I'll do that. What colour is it? It's ye- yellow, isn't it's it? It's red, red red and white striped. Oh, of course it is. It's like Juventus, but red and white. That's pretty the cool. The old Juventus. Yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. 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 Owned by Man City. Yeah, that's less cool, isn't it? What are, <laughs> would you, so can you explain that connection? What is it? They're, they're Abu Dhabi. So, so it's Abu Dhabi, but it's a lot of the Man City board is made up of XFC Barcelona board. Um, so essentially what they did, uh, as far as I know, Abu Dhabi, they just mind what they consider to be the best team in the world, FC Barcelona, hence why Pep Guardiola's there, etc. And then brought a lot of the board members from, ex-board members from FC Barcelona, but then used Man City. They've built that huge complex up there, which is right next door to the Manchester Velodrome. Yeah. 
circuit you kind of and it's just it's it's phenomenal but they've then used man city as the kind of the the conglomerate and they're buying up other teams uh, and using them as feeder teams mainly so fc fc Girona is a mm. bit of a kind of a fan one because there's a lot of the catalans that are involved with um with man city that kind of push for that purchase but then it's ended up being a nice little enterprise for them it sounds like football hipsters and fans listening to this will be wincing, David. It sounds like, it sounds like bad mm. news. Yeah, because haven't they got Valencia as well? I don't know, but it, the whole, so. the whole notion that you well. can, you know, with 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 the spare cash that you've got knocking around in the petty cash, you can just pick up a venerable club like FC Girona and turn it into a feeder club is uh, probably not the best thing for football. I don't think. Although, Although I'd, I'd say every every single citizen of Girona loves it fair enough and it's given they've built a new stadium because it was pretty decrepit they've got better players it's, it's given the city a, a newfound love for their football team so you know right. every coin yeah I think we're a bit every out coin. of our depth anyway talking about it. well yeah well, that was firstly floating facts regards Valencia but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well there has been some cycling crikey there's been loads, loads. of it I want to know loads how of many cycling. Of the many bike races that have been going on, David, you've sat down and watched. <laughs> Go on. I put closer to zero than one. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, and that's not, well, we know we've gone over this situation many times. It's just finding the time. Yeah. But this is a useful exercise no, no. for me. I've, I've, still, I've saw glimmers. Sorry, gone. I've still seen glimmers of bike racing results, but. I've yeah. seen glimmers of bike racing results. <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant not i've had a look at the results i've seen glimmers of them that's incredible now i i i actually confess that i have struggled to keep up even i have struggled to keep up at the moment because they're all televised as well it's insane i know that's what's amazing that's you know it's almost become too easy and and then it's like it's like when you go in and you when you've got to choose something from a shop and it's a big and it's a big shop. Or let's say there's like loads of different t-shirts that are white and made by different brands. Yeah. You might go in there and stand there for a while looking at them and then just walk out freeze. You can't choose. You'd, you'd freeze. Freeze. And it's a bit like that at the moment, I think. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Not only that, but it is becoming, um, uh, for, for the likes of you and me, it's becoming incredibly difficult to stay better informed than our viewers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that ship sailed. <laughs> <laughs> that ship sailed. I mean, yeah. it's just insane, isn't it? The amount of work you have to put in. But um, so we've had, in no particular order, we've had the women's Tour de Suisse. We've had the men's Tour de Suisse. We've had, um, uh, we've had Slovenia, the Tour of Slovenia. Ooh. We've had the Balois Belgium Tour, which I'm sure you want to talk about. Of course. And well, um, we have had the Route de L'Occitanie, which used to be called the Route There's also du another problem with these things as well. That was the Route du Sud, and that will always be the Route du Sud to me. Ah, but that's just Occitanie. Occitanie. So I'm just... You know, so that that's restaurant, like, you know that restaurant when I was in Girona that um, Christian took me to? It's called the, the, it's called the Oxy. Oh, yeah. Is that why? O-C-C-I. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, just, I just joined the dots later. Cause so Occitanie is that region of France that borders, that borders yeah. Spain, right? It's not far from where you are. So yeah. it's that kind of southwest Occitanie. Never put those dots together. There yeah, you go. that makes a lot of sense. But you're Explains right. It's the cuisine. It used to be called the Route du um, Sud. Yeah, and the, the Balois Belgian tour again. That's the tour of Belgium. 
but I saw those, those were results that were coming up and I was sort of indifferent. So I was like, oh, that's just a small, small crappy little, race at first. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, it's a tour of Belgium. You'd and be very much, you'd be very much an Enneco tour kind of guy, wouldn't you? You wouldn't really. Enneco, 100%. I've still got the penguin here. The penguin? Yeah. You used to win, like, you know, get a, a lion for Credit Lyonnais because their, yeah. their logo is a lion or used to be, or it's a lion. Um, with Enneco tour, cause it was a power company. They had a, a penguin. a penguin. So I suppose it, it signified the fact that it was really useful when it's cold to have electricity. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty kind of, it's a pretty convoluted, but it's a huge penguin. Is it? I was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of Maxine, my daughter, loves it. It's almost the same size as her. How did you get it back? I put it in the truck, I guess. Okay. And then, oh, yeah. see, right. And then okay. picked off from the service course, one of those ones. Did you, what did you win? Did you win the time trial? Did you win? Uh, I think I won the time trial. I finished second overall. That's pretty good. I, I think twice. I was ripping it that year. I should have won it. I, I couldn't beat, um, uh, what's his name? The sprint bonifications there. He just kept getting me by just one second. But anyway, it was a good race. I enjoyed well, it. Does that, did that race, that probably predates, I think, well, nowadays it's, that's called the Bink Bank Tour, isn't it? And I think they were the first people who introduced the crazy golden kilometre where you have three. That was right. But yeah. But, but did you, did you have that golden kilometre? Did you have to race that as well? No, in that edition. No. We did in, in different ones. Yeah, we did. Um, but that, and before that, so that's another one. Before that, that was the Benelux Tour. Benelux So that's tour. his actual geographical name. Yeah, exactly. And then as, then it was, I think that might've been one of the first races <clears throat> where they started calling it sponsors kind of when it became Enneco tour, everyone was like, what the hell is that? And I was like, oh, tour of Benelux. And then tours have started doing it since. Yeah. 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 Well, they've, they're kind of like that region, the Netherlands in particular as well. They've, they've kind of embraced sponsorship in bike racing quite early doors, haven't they? So the Dutch, do you remember the Dutch food Valley classic? That's, that's a great one. No, I think I Edward Bosenhagen uh, won that. Um, of course one, he did. One of Team Sky's earliest results, I think, the Dutch Food Valley yeah. Classic. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, uh, neither of those races have been happening, but we've had the Balois, <laughs> we've had the Balois Belgium Tour, and um, and but I'm, we can come to all of this because there's plenty to say about all these races. Um, but I, I was most excited to read that, um, unbeknownst to almost anybody in the cycling world, the annual festival of road racing in Russia has come and gone once again, uh, by which I mean the Five Rings of Moscow, David, which is uh, I, I, it's one of those races. I think I might have talked about this before in a pod, but I have a burning ambition to go and see that race one, one what year. Is, what is this Five Rings you talk of? The Five Rings of Moscow. If you, you know the Gazprom Rusvelo team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They are uber Russian. And um, I, I just remember when I started off in comment, commentating a few years ago and I'd go out to do races like the Dubai tour and they'd always have a team there because they're quite a tight relationship with uh, RCS. Um, Gazprom Rusvelo riders were very hard to research and I'd only ever heard of kind of one and a half of them in any given lineup. Um, and you, you'd, you'd research these and these riders, Foliforov, Fizilanov, Fofolov and all these kind of guys and the only sort of, the, the one thing they'd all have in their list of achievements would, would be they'd finished fourth overall and, and won a stage of the Five Rings of Moscow. It seemed to be like mm. entry level. To be a Russian cyclist, you've got to have a stage victory at the Five Rings of Moscow. Basically, in the five stages, it was a, there was a prologue this year, Moscow to Moscow. And then stage one was Moscow to Moscow. 
Stage two was Moscow to Moscow. Stage three was Moscow to Moscow. Four, Moscow to Moscow. And stage five was Moscow and finishing in Moscow. And they're all circuit races like that. So there's sometimes 10 laps, sometimes as many as 16 laps. Um, and they normally finish in a bunch of sprints every single day. Ned, I mean, there's just a bell is ringing in my head right now. You should go there next year. I should and go at there. at the same time, create your, your Moscow city guide to cycling. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? That, yeah. That would be amazing. I, I mean, that's it. It's, it's just, it's almost that race has been designed for that, for you to go and just learn and know everything you can about Moscow. I might see if I can enter the race. Oh, yes. It was, it was won by an amateur this year, a, 30, a 31-year-old amateur, whose name I can't remember. You, but yeah, I see, see how long I can uh, hold on in the neutral. <laughs> oh, just... And is it five one-day races like the Challenge Mallorca or is it a stage race? Stage race. Ah, so you probably get eliminated on the first day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. But what a cool and race. And then you tour guide it. We'll yeah. get you sponsored. Oh, I just, I'll, just, yeah. I'll just go and schlug it. I'll see oh, how I many it. interviews I get with some of these Russian dudes. See how many of them speak oh, English. There are loads of them, well, I bet. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Going like a full Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. Kind of just be denim jacket, denim trousers, like denim, <laughs> like jeans, just but full denim. It's pretty cool, actually. I was looking at the geographically where it finishes, you know, it's right in the heart of Moscow and every day it moves to a different location. You know, it, it finished, it finished this year. I think the final stage finished on Lensky Prospekt or whatever it's called, you know, hmm. and no one's heard hmm. of it outside of R- Russia. No one plays no, it for the slightest it. bit of attention. It's That's been in existence cool. since 1993. So- so. Oh, I was about to say so. It's actually, it's not even a remnant of the, the Soviet bloc. It was just a, a, a newish pre... Yeah, but I mean, presumably it's kind of an Olympic legacy post. thing, but it only called into existence after the collapse of the Soviet Union and uh, 13 years after the Moscow Olympics. So it's all it's a curiosity and I'd like to know a bit more mm. about it. Um, well, there we go. We're NCU for next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what else? Where should we, where what should we start? Races? Well, let's talk about uh, let's do chronologically. Okay. Oh no! Then I need to uh, know which no. one. F- yeah, let's don't don't do chronologically. No. Let's do chronologically in reverse. Okay. So, um, actually, three races finished yesterday. So, uh, Tour of Swiss. Which Tour one? Of Slovenia, which one finished last? Tour of Belgium. Let's start with um, home race for for Pogaccia. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So we discussed this briefly. I mean, Pogaccia's obviously just gone and ripped it to pieces and says he's nearly ready for the Tour de France in post-race interviews, Yeah, which is just classic Pogacar. Yeah. But it, it's interesting that he's, and it goes to show because a rider who's defending the Tour de France of his caliper and his quality, it, the fact he's been permitted to go to Slovenia, which you wouldn't consider to be a, a Tour de France winner's pre-preparation race, if you like, says a lot about his team and the relationship he has with them, the confidence they have in him. And also the fact that they do really want to support him because a home race is huge for any rider, no matter kind of your, 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 how big a rider you are. Um, uh, they took, by the way, UAE Team Emirates took an absolute all-star team. I think they basically took their Tour de France team there. Um, oh, wow. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a big, big show. Um, yeah. Ulisi took a stage. Uh, they had, uh, what's his name, Rafa Maika, who I keep forgetting is on yeah. their team. And will oh, yeah, be kind of, that. yeah, I mean, they, they, I think he'll have a much stronger team this year around him at the Tour de France. 
Uh, Matteo Trentin yeah. was there as well and, and just tweeted, well, that was fun. That was a fun way to just look at a very beautiful country. Oh, oh and there was a bit of a bike race as well. Um, hmm. But I mean, you must have been in races, David, where you go to, if you like, with respect to, the, as you say, the respect to the Tour of Slovenia, it's a bit of a formality, what's going to happen hmm. and what the point of the race is, because basically this is the country, this is the this is Slovenia congratulating itself and congratulating its young superstar, isn't it? This is... Hmm. This is what the geopolitics of this race look like and the expected outcome that has been, let's be honest, probably um, uh, facilitated by a cash payment for his his attendance. Um, the, the expected outcome is that Tadej Pogacar will be crowned the champion of Slovenia, effectively. Uh, that He'll win the race. Um, so have you? can you remember sort of going to national races in slightly mm. smaller countries and actually everyone knew what it was all about in that sense? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think so. From Tour of Denmark, even Tour of Britain, um, or even like Benelux is kind of a bit like that. But I think a race uh, like Slovenia is, is very special in the sense that, as you said, it's, it's almost catering to the, the recent Slovenian success. But there's also something to be said There's a for the riders doing it. I, you can't underestimate just the the joy it gives you racing in your homeland and the kind of this in a way it's actually a stroke of genius for UAE because he's on home roads he's in his home country speaking his own language being obviously probably just supported uh, I mean more than he would in any other race and probably has ever been supported so he's going to come out of there not only feeling good physically but psychologically completely primed and you can't ever underestimate the, the effect that a home race has on an athlete. And in the days, in today's world of science and data analysis and numbers and quantification of, of, of weights, of powers, of, of external conditions, we still don't know how to measure the internal effect that a home race can have. And it, it's, I don't, I don't think it leaves you after the race. Like straight, it doesn't leave you straight the, the moment the race finishes. It carries with you onwards because it really does give you, it, it makes you feel good about everything. So I think for, for Tadej Pogacar, it's, it's, it would have been particularly easy for him, even if it was still physically demanding, because the psychological kind of uplift that will have given him will, will mean he's gone through, what was it, a great workout but come out of it psychologically, not just fresher, but better than what he went into it. So yeah. it's, it's it's a really interesting... I mean, we see it in football. We see it... I mean, in, in football in particular, because we've just been talking about that, the home... We'll talk about the home advantage. And it's it's not just the fact that it's players are travelling from their own homes, that they're used to the grounds, that they're used to the, the changing rooms. It's also the fact they've got their fans there, the supporters. And that has a huge psychological effect mm. Um and I don't think it's 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 almost impossible to measure, uh, yet it's visibly has an effect because home advantage is a term we use over and over again, and it's not just the the geography and the ease of of competing on home ground; it's also the psychological effect that it has on you. So, and it's it's good that we remember that emotions still matter in this world of hyper rationality and borderline kind of robotic data collection that ultimately. It's it's how you feel can actually affect your performance. Mm. There's some examples of that from your career, weren't there? I remember the Glasgow Nationals mm. when oh, you yeah. were in that, you I was loved like that ten man. I was like ten men that day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a, an amazing race. I loved that. Yeah. Um, didn't still didn't get selected for the tour, but 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did that year. Actually. Yeah, you did. You did. Uh, there was a year after because the comedy games were on the same circuit. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's happened to me. Uh, ironically or oddly, I think for British pros, it, it it's a little bit in reverse. Yeah, because when we go there in the old days, it meant that we were just going to get absolutely abused by all the other riders in the race because there'd only be a handful, two or three or four, <laughs> sometimes just two world tour riders. And so the whole race ganged up against you. And also to be perfectly fair, there was often not that many people on the road watching. Yeah. So you'd go there and it was almost like penance. You were paying your penance to kind of, but you wanted that jersey. That's the reason you were there, but you knew it was going to be a probably one of your hardest days racing, also most frustrating. And you come out of that, contrary to what I've just been talking about, Pogaccio, you come out of that psychologically exhausted <laughs> because, you, <laughs> because it's just like banging your head against the wall for 200 Ks. Profoundly but, damaged yeah. by the experience of yeah. trying to win the British National Championships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Every, every, every world to run it's one, it will come out of it and go, that's the hardest race of this year. Yeah, that was horrible. And I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, so true. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, well. Brilliant. Notable, a notable performance at the Tour of Slovenia, apart from Tade Pogaccia, who, um, as far as I can make out, because this is one race I didn't really watch, I have to say, but I, I you know, I saw, I've seen the Pogaccia attack. Um, you know, he, he, it was a, it was an uphill finish, wasn't really a mountaintop finish, and uh, he put one minute and twenty into everybody else, which is kind of, oh you my know, God. it wasn't a world tour peloton, but it was, it, you know, bits and pieces of big name riders were there, and he just destroyed them. Um, uh, uh, very, very, but an, a really notable performance that a few people have picked up on, but and it's worth just um, us noting it as well is James Shaw. Mm. who used to ride for Lotto Lotto Sudal, you remember? Uh, A couple of years ago, lost his gig there and has really struggled um, to get himself another professional ride, effectively. He's riding at continental level for a British team called Ribble Weld Tight, which um, technically, well, there's always a slight debate, isn't it, as to whether these guys can consider themselves pros uh, or, or not, given that quite often, and I don't know the details of his contract, but whatever contract he is on, it will be probably... I mean, borderline amateur status, you know, the kind of mm. expenses paid and, and a little bit else here and there, yeah. um, which is taking nothing away from that team who are doing an excellent job and certainly nothing away from James Shaw, who's absolutely outstanding. He finished, um, and this is, you know, this is the Pogacha stage. He finished in sixth place on that climb. Um, he finished sixth on stage two, sixth on stage three, and fifth on stage four of the Tour of Slovenia. Hmm. And... Um, finished fifth overall That's on GC, line. which is a, uh, I didn't actually know he, he had that range and diversity mm. in, in his locker. So I'd be really surprised if, oh, that's an eye-catching performance. And I'd be really surprised. He's only 25 years of age still. And I think that that kind of performance merits the attention of at least a pro continental team somewhere. And, and he should be picked up if he carries on, you know, goes to another race and does anything like that. I mean, I'm sure he'll be, for example, at the Tour of Britain. And that would be another opportunity uh, for him to show what he's all about. So that was that was very impressive. Um, while we're talking about British riders, Lizzie Dignan, she won the uh, oh, yes. she Tourist won the Tour de Suisse overall. So yeah. that's uh, she keeps chipping away at results, you know, mm. um, big results in she's, big races, and she's super consistent. Well, it's a huge year for her, Tokyo. Yeah. So it's it's <clears throat> if there's one thing Lizzie Dignan is great at, it's hitting her targets, and I guess with the caliber of the, the woman's peloton at the moment, you have to be quite clever regards the races you select to go for. And Lizzie Dignan is very good at that, not just nailing targets, but choosing where she can actually stand a chance of winning. Yeah. And it's, uh, so yeah, it's impressive. Backs up what we know about her. 
Absolutely. And also, I think the kind of continuing good news about the women's scene is that um, I think we're entering a phase of kind of a virtuous circle of um, race organisers trying not to be left behind by their rivals or, or their competitors in other countries. And um, there is a kind of, uh, there is a kind of, uh, what's, it, what's it called? It's a resurgence, uh, a yeah, kind of renaissance. They, they, of keep, kind adding, of like they keep adding mm. races. So um, the Tour de Suisse will be in the next, in the very near future, hopefully as early as next year, will be extended to six stages, become a proper week-long mm. stage race. Um, Ride London, which if you like, the women's race has been pretty tame and limp little one-day circuit race thus far. As of next year, it becomes a three-day stage race. Um, mm. And it's a yeah, it's just it's gained this momentum where it just seems to be fleshing. The calendar seems to be fleshing itself out now, um, which is exactly what is required. Uh, and, and you know what? That's not going to stop as well. Now that ASO have finally committed, exactly, because they are um, they are the elephant in the room. And the moment they do it, then everyone's like, okay, we're going to have to do it now, aren't we? Uh, which is why it's so important that ASO do it because it, it means that no one's got excuses now. Yeah. Um, and uh, just a c- couple of other new sort of newsworthy lines from the women's peloton. One is Annemiek van Fluten is not going to go to the Giro Rosa, uh, which she dom- has dominated over recent years. Um, and mm. she is not going to race La Course either because she is all in for the Olympic Olympics road race and doesn't want to, anything to detract from that target. So she's preparing for the Olympic road race in the same way that Roglic is preparing for the Tour de France by simply doing nothing else other than yeah. the chosen target. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I think with Van Fluten's history with the Olympics, you can kind of understand that single-mindedness. Of course, she, she crashed in Rio five years ago. Uh, yeah, she's got something to do. She's got something to prove, hasn't she? She's got big time something to prove. And also, and last, last line is the, the all-conquering, although actually recently they haven't won as many races as they were at the beginning of the year, but SD Works team, which is the dominant women's team, they have uh, been strengthened, I guess you'd have to say, by the addition of Lars Boom as a director sportif. Oh, so he's, Lars. He's gone there, yeah. Lars Boom. Yeah. yeah. Legend. Legend. Yeah. Lives in the same village as world number one, former world number one darts player Michael Van Gerwen, and is very close to him. And Lars Boom has been known to throw a few darts himself. Facts. facts. Those are actual facts. That is a fact. Yeah. Um, mm. Which brings us to. What should we talk about now? Let's talk about the Balois Belgium tour, David, or the, yeah, the let's tour of Belgium. Um, so I'm, I'm over the moon with the result, and I'm not talking about Mark Cavendish. No, no. I'm talking about little Remco. Little Remco. <laughs> well, did you see? So the day, did you? No, you haven't seen any of it. Can I tell you about? I've read, I read the report. That's the one that I... Because you know how yeah. I feel about Remco, I went back and read the report of, of the how, day- what he did on that, oh, what he yeah. did the first day. Was he it- just literally just rode the race? Eddie Merckx did. It was just insane, with Campanarts yeah. kind of gasping for air and two other riders yeah. who'd been in the original breakaway um, on his wheel. And yeah, he just he he and Campanarts ripped across to the front of the race, and then he just sat on the front, and nobody else did a turn. And eventually, Campanarts couldn't hold his wheel. And this is after yeah. Remco working for an hour unsupported on the front, you know. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Um, in the wow. end, in the end, he took Robbie Case to the line and Case came past him and beat him in the sprint, which is kind of like the first time he put his nose in the wind was in the last was the last 25 metres of the stage. Um, That's like when um, Brunil pipped Miguel Indurain 
into oh, the age, I think it was. I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was the most Brunel move ever. But, um, it's, but yeah, it's like that. But isn't Campanat, didn't that, that's what happened at Tour of Belgium two years ago when he won? Was it Campanat that he was away with Remco? Don't and know. Again, Don't know. It was Campanat or the other one that's always, I always get confused with Campanat. I can have a look back, but I think the two of them away and the same thing happened where he just sat on Remco's wheel and was just hanging on for dear life and then yeah. pipped him on the line. Remco <laughs> still won the overall. Yeah. But it's like, it's just, Remco's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But and I mean, won the time trial. Yeah. And then the time trial, he had to, he had to go really deep to beat his teammate, actually, Eve Lampart, mm. who did a great time trial. Uh, but that's his <laughs> first, you know, that was his first race win, if you like, post crash. Yeah. Uh, the time wow. trial. And um, from that moment on, he was unassailably in control of the, of the Balois Belgium tour. And um, it's pretty impressive, isn't it? Because, mm. you know, that was a race he won last year before everything went so, wrong. So, so here's something that I just want to, because in the, the next two stages were one or two of the next stages were won by Caleb Ewan. Yep. Cadell McEwen. So Caleb Ewan was there. Yep. But Cavendish didn't even put his nose even, didn't get near to any of those sprints. Yep. And he only actually, but there was actually he was working for Remco and in the team and just kind of keeping his nose clean? No, I don't think so. Um, I th- I only saw one of them, actually, one mm. of those two Caleb Ewan victories, and it did look like uh, Cavendish was sprinting. Um, mm-hmm. And it did look like he's just got, you know, he just got his, one of those. Um, he just got his positioning wrong, found himself mm. with a two or 300 metres to go, just nowhere near the front and kind of sat up. Um, because I noticed that Murku, his lead-out man, was looking round and looking round, had clearly lost sight of him completely. And then Murku took the decision really quite early on to sprint. And didn't he, oh, really? didn't he finish? You've got the results in front of you. Didn't he finish second or yeah. third, Murku, on one of those uh, stages? Murku, he, hang on, I can just tell you now. Uh, so the first one, Caleb Ewan won. Murku was third, you're right. Yeah, yeah. so so um, that wasn't because they were sprint. <clears throat> Murku was the sprinter on the day. That was because was Mark Cavendish, had, he'd lost Cav. So I think okay. I think Cavendish was sprinting or certainly on that occasion. Um, yeah, but then he certainly sprinted. Was it yesterday? I mean, yeah, and then he finished forty fourth. Cav. So it's, yeah. that's old school Cav in a way. Yes, uh, in the sense exactly. He's, he's that's not what trying, I wanted to say. He's not trying to be seven. He's not interested. If he's not going to win, yeah, li- he will literally put his brakes on to almost show everybody. It, so it, to go from being at the front, being led out, and then finishing forty fourth, that's a Mark Cavendish of old with the confidence and the kind of just throwing his hat, toys out the pram. Yeah, he's gone. He's that's gone back to. to I don't, I'm not interested no. in seventh. Top ten doesn't matter yeah. any longer. No, um, and that's different from the, the Cavendish of six months ago. Yeah, you're right. You're huh. right. Um, yeah. But his comments after the victory yesterday were uh, his comments to the Belgian media were really funny. Oh, it was it was it was brilliant, wasn't it? I watched some of it. Actually, I watched it because I saw Matt Stevens' Twitter. Right. Was it? No, it was Daniel Lloyd's. Actually, it was saying one of the hardest things in the world is trying to keep a microphone near Mark Cavendish's mouth. And it's like because he was so animated. Oh, he's doing that. It's like uh, yeah. he's doing that thing where he's just moving around, and it's like just even it, the camera was getting to the point where he was going to have to move, <laughs> and it's hold him in shot because he was just so animated. But I guess just gibbering. But I didn't see all of it. So what, what was he saying? Well, he said a few things. You know, he was asked obviously he was asked straight away about the Tour de France participation, and um, he said he said that's just a media that you know media have just concocted that none of us are talking about it um, obviously <laughs> you know apart from apart from your boss patrick lefevre who has a column in het newsblad at which in which he talked in great detail about uh, mark cavendish's probable non-selection for the tour de france such, that's, again that's like old cav yeah. in the sense that he's kind of he's back cock of the walk but it's in but that's the media's job 
Yeah. <laughs> to talk about it. To discuss it. Imagine if they didn't put talk it about it. No, we're not going to talk about that, actually. That's not a story. Yeah. Uh, Imagine yeah, no how that in would that. madden him, wouldn't it? Why aren't you talking about me going to the Tour de France? What? What else do I have to do? You're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because then the journalist's like, wait, why aren't you talking about me? And it's like, (laughs) it would be just like vitriol. So it's a great story. None of you think I can do it? So so Lefebvre's Lefebvre's argument was, well, that that Mark Cavendish has insinuated to him. So this is all, you know, I think this is all... No, no, it's not really hearsay, but it all kind of like, it all disappears as a story if Sam Bennett is 100% fit. But the, mm. but there is a doubt about Bennett's fitness with this persistent knee injury or this knee injury that is taking a while to clear up that forced him out of the Belgium tour that allowed Mark Cavendish to go to the Belgium tour and take a stage win in, by the way, first class company. Tim Malia mm. and Caleb Ewan, who he beat yesterday, are, yeah. are the fastest men in the world at the moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. In fact, I mean, look at the number of wins they've had. They're the, yeah, two, they're the two fastest sprinters in the world tour and Mark Cavendish beat them both yesterday. So it, I think, I think it's, it's amazing to say, I think he is, in, in terms of his achievements this year, I think he's good enough to go to the Tour de France and be, and be competitive. And probably yeah, if, he, I, if he were to do it, he'd come away with a victory or two. Yeah, it's, I um, agree. It's absolutely amazing. But I think that's where we're at. Mm. And it's a dream tour because it's what, seven sprint stages it's this year? It's really sprinty. But it seems so, an absolute. It seems an, a madness to think he w- he wouldn't win at least one stage on the form he's on the way he's riding. Just yeah, monkeys and typewriters. <laughs> it would happen, wouldn't it? It would. <laughs> it would happen. And and, but here's the thing. So here's the technical thing. Then maybe you'll be able to explain it or enlighten us a bit on this. But Lefebvre said that Mark Cavendish doesn't want to go to the Tour de France under the terms of his current remuneration, his contract. He is on minimum wage. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's on he's on a very, 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 very modest salary, mm. and um, that would prevent him from racing the Tour de France. Mm. Now, and so, so people understand. So, I think the World Tour minimum wage what is it? Maybe seventy thousand euros a year now. Something that, something that's so. in that. I think, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which should I mean be surprising because he's on a one-year contract for him to argue regards remuneration now, because if they do take him to the tour, his value's gone straight back up again anyway. So he can sign for a team if it's, if it's all about money. It so, does seem like that problem, if that is genuinely preventing <clears throat> them from selecting Cavendish for the tour, I mean, that, that's, that is a surmountable problem, isn't it? Because in a, in a yeah. sport that relies on generating headlines, mm. exposure for brands, what better story could the Koenig Quickstep have at the Tour de France? They're not a GC team at the Tour than mm. than the former world champion. You know, at, it could be a uh, case just, of like they, they'd probably put because uh, it'd probably be worth each stage is worth two hundred fifty thousand euros bonus. But he hasn't got that in his contract, so how could he go back and do it? Because he was so desperate last year that obviously he's just taken the contract he could get, it's worked. And we did a, we spoke about this in one of our podcasts during the Giro, the genius of Patrick Lefebvre. Yeah. How he gets, he gets riders while they're on the bounce. Yeah. And you know, that's what's going to happen. And there's one thing you don't do is negotiate with Patrick Lefebvre in this sort of situation, because we know that it's because he's on Koenig Quickstep under Patrick Lefebvre in that environment that he's winning again. 
obviously all the hard work that Mark Cavendish does and his training and and the stars aligning in many ways, but also it's that environment. So to then kind of turn around, you could see why Patrick Lefebvre might get a little bit, it, it turns into kind of a lion fighting a lion, you know, mm-hmm. it's no, neither of you are going to really win. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I'd be very interested to see how this all plays out now. I mean, yeah. As I say, the story may go because you know I think mm. Sam Sam Bennett quite rightly deserves the support of his team if he's fit and will and will yeah. be selected ahead of Mark Cavendish. But if he isn't, then that would just be very interesting to see what happens. Mm. And, yeah. and and then he said, and then um, so he was talking this gaggle of Belgian journalists, and then Remco suddenly appeared from nowhere, having done presumably his podium. <laughs> and um, grabbed one of the reporter's dictaphones or socially distanced on a stick and kind of held it towards Cavendish sort of thing. And and Cav then uh, sort of took the opportunity to say, oh, by the way, I can't go anywhere. I can't go to the Tour de France because I've got to look after, I've got to go and babysit little Remco because his mum and dad want to go out to dinner next Thursday or something like that. <laughs> so uh, all fun and games. But there we go. Yeah. Um, Very good. What other races were there? Tour de Suisse? Well, uh, Tour de Suisse, um, that, was, that was quite actually a smorgasbord of performances oh. from Matteo van der Poel to Alaphilippe to Uran. Uran's Carapaz, time trial? What? Uh, Uran's time. I wish I'd seen that. I didn't know. It was just going bang up a mountain, then bang down a mountain. Bang up and bang down. Yeah. He imagine smashed how, it. Imagine, imagine how much the Schlecks would have hated that. Oh, although you know you remember we we spoke about um swiss roads being too good yeah this was a very good road and it was quite straight was it and for that reason it was that descent was completely terrifying they were doing you know well in excess of 100 kilometers an hour wow uh and alaphilippe weirdly I think he climbed off Boss. the next day because he's um, because Marion Roos is uh, going to labour or whether she's yeah yeah she's I don't Hats know whether off. the I don't know whether the Alaphilippe family has emerged yet but if they have congratulations if they haven't good luck yeah. um, but yeah. he he raced the time trial on a road bike I don't know why but he um, everyone else was on was on I think one rider might be Rui Costa did a bike change at the top so went up mm. on a on a road bike and then down on a TT bike. Um, but yeah. most of them, Carapaz and the rest of them, went up and down on a TT bike. And it was just really interesting to see because Alaphilippe was apt as holding nothing back. He was properly racing it. But how hampered he was by his selection, yeah, his aerodynamic okay. selection on that long descent. Um, whereas, yeah, it'd be huge. Uran's time trial was, what? where did that come from? Yeah, it was just no. incredible. He's no whippersnapper, was he? 36 now? 37? Yeah, maybe 34, 35. Mm. Yeah, floating fact. Floating fact. Can't I'll look, look it up. Can't be bothered to um, look it up. Yeah. yeah, that time trial was insane. And I mean, it bodes well for him. And yeah. it is come, I think we can all say it's pretty much come from nowhere, judging by his performances the last two, three years. So it's, um, but we know he's capable of it. That's, that's Uran when he was younger. In his prime, yep, for sure. So it's it's, it's cool to see that he's it's a bit like Cavford, isn't it? Yeah, the champions that don't that don't kind of keep their head together can it doesn't just disappear physically. Yeah, and was doing it. Yeah. Uh, meantime, Ineos, Ineos Grenadiers casually pick up another World Tour stage race quite comfortably. Yeah, they're just just incredible. <sighs> you know, they're just back, aren't they? Yeah, just win yeah. the Giro with Bernal. We'll, then we'll win the Dauphiné with Port, and then we'll go to the Tour de Suisse. With Carapaz and win that, 
all kind of equally yeah. equally comfortably uh kind it's of so all, yeah they should probably dwell on that because this time last year just after tour de france it was it was like we everyone was talking it's the end of nera it's, they've had a, a decade at the top it's very hard for a team to do do more than that yumbo visma won the up and up and even uh, from intern ineos grenadiers they were genuinely worried about yumbo visma and and then all of a sudden they do, and it's Brailsford's leadership, go away, reset, come back, they adapt and improve. And it's, you know what? Respect, because yep. it's it's incredibly impressive. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I didn't see much of the, you're right, Vanderpool started well and then, yeah, other stuff happened. I didn't see too much mm. of it, actually. Gino Mado uh, picked up a stage, didn't he, yesterday, who uh, is a yeah. stage winner at the Giro, and uh, he's just one of those mm. one of those guys who's making a real impression this year. Um, and then, the, uh, yeah, and then in the southwest of France, there's been the um, uh, Occitanie, the Routes du Sud, uh, going a lot, uh, rumbling along, which is in the Pyrenees. And mm. do you remember Mitch Docker, when we were in Girona, telling well, us about his, yes. his two professional victories? Um, in his career came 11 years ago and one hot on the heels of the other. He'd been at that stage race in Zeeland, which is very mm. Mitch Docker territory, flat and windy. And he'd, take, Super. he'd taken a stage there because of this fast finishing. And then the team were going to go with a very different bunch of riders. They were going to go down to the Occitanie in the, Pyre- in the Pyrenees to race that, which is the opposite of the Zeeland tour. And um, he was, uh, there was a late withdrawal and the team said, no, you're going to go and race there. And he went, what? What are you talking about? I'm not going to race there. Be, what's the point in racing there? So he went there and he took a stage by accident, didn't he? <laughs> uh, he made it brilliant. into a pointless breakaway that weirdly stayed away. And then he managed to make it over whatever climbs there were that day and then pump the, the kind of French climbers in the sprint at the end. And that was his last ever uh, professional victory in yeah. 2010. Amazing. Yeah, it's a cool race. It's a beautiful race. It used to be one of my favourite races. Yeah, because it was just it was one of the last kind of old school French staying in proper old village hotels and not campaniles, etc. And nice. It was, um, yeah, it was lovely. But the world's changed since Ned. It's not even yeah. called Route du Sud anymore. No, I know it's disgraceful. disgraceful. Andrea Vendrami took a took a stage. Took a oh, st- your new favourite rider. Yeah, he's brilliant. It was. I thought his stage win at the Giro was one of my favourite moments of racing because it was so well thought out and so cleverly prepared took everyone by surprise uh mm. and really really thrillingly executed as well because he's 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 kind of a bunch sprinter but he's turning into something else you know because he can climb mm. he's, he's we talked about it on the pod didn't we he's that like the, yeah he's a bit like ben swift in that kind of slightly slightly anomalous morphology kind of thing yeah kind of a, a, a jacket of all trades just about a master yeah. in none of them. Yeah. 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 But he, the, the rider he beat at the Occitanie, who actually went on to take a stage yesterday, I think, was Magnus Court. And mm. those two riders are really similar. So yeah. he, he beat Magnus Court on the stage that he won. And I remember the stage at the Giro that, that Andrea Vendrami picked up was exactly the same, uh, really, as the stage of the Tour de France that Magnus Court won a couple of years ago, where he found himself in a group of three riders Two, sp- two climbers and him, you know, and mm. that was the same with Vendrami, three climbers and him, no way he can lose, you know, um, so clever. And AG2R Citroën, I think they've announced, last time I looked, they've announced six of their eight riders for the Tour de France, but Vendrame isn't yet one of them. However, I 
I'd be surprised if he isn't selected. And I, if he does go to the Tour de France, I could see him. I could see him winning a stage. And I, to be perfectly honest, I think headlines aside, I think he's a more realistic uh, uh, possibility of a victory than I'm afraid Greg Van Avermaet is. Um, who I don't think Greg looks like he's going to win too many more races. But I've said that in the past about other bike riders. <laughs> but but uh, it does seem that he's on the slide a little bit, Van Avermaet. Yeah, um, he does. Whereas Vendrame... Vendrame is yeah. exactly the same type of rider as Van Avermaet. Yeah, Only very similar, but, but a bit yeah. better, a bit newer. Yeah, newer. Bit newer, newer. Human. Yeah. So that was lots of cycling. Have you got any non-cycling related stuff? I'm trying to think. No? I did have... Yeah, um, I don't, I know we've done we've done quite a lot there. I think we're we're pretty good for today. Okay, I'm just trying to think if there's any. I'd like to talk about um, chapter three and tell yeah. me about what's going on there. Go on. Because uh, we've had the last couple of weeks relaunching. I know. What's, so, so we've done. What we've done is is well, it's been a lot of work over the last year because we moved away from Castelli and now we're making our own, designed and developed our own cycling apparel, performance stuff. And it's it's just going to market now because we did this pre-sale all landed, so customers are only getting it now, but which is quite nerve-wracking because obviously it's the first time we've ever done this ourselves. But the cool thing is we're getting amazing feedback from people that have tested it and people, a few people that do have it now that it's they're the best bib shorts they've ever worn. It's got this crazy new tech with this performance air silicon 3d molded um seat pad and just the fit and everything so we've kind of knocked it out of the park and it's all recycled um we're using recycled everywhere uh the jersey is 100 recycled the shorts uh, are recycled 65 percent using old fishing nets it's what? amazing this material yeah so they, they use old fishing nets that have been wasted and they obviously break it all up and then put it into a new fabric and then we're getting it all made in europe and so that's been really exciting and then we're just also because we're really pushing down this sustainable route and it's also the fact we've done exactly the same products for men and women with exactly the same offerings and colors so we've gone from being just a men's brand to a woman and men's brand so that's actually that's a big punt for us because women don't know we exist hmm. and and yet we've done everything exactly the same parity and so it's, it's a little bit nerve-wracking because now we've got to get women to actually believe in us which is why we've been slightly changing the brand um because we do want women to 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 buy into and love chapter three uh, as much as men and hopefully more actually because i think that we're gonna have more product for women this time next year than than men because we're doing some other capsule lines which people don't know about yet and then we're even doing kind of crazy stuff like changing all our casual collections which launch in a couple of months to all being made in the uk so we're going to use the uk as much as possible and barcelona and this goes down our sort of sustainable route and and responsible so it's not just about greenwashing and and putting that you're you're working with some charity it's actually working with the right factories and the right people making the right products and to the degree of we've just done this partnership with a company called clothes doctor and trying to educate people on how to look after their clothes so how to wash them. So we started that, we start that this week because we want people, once they get, it's good as well, good and well as making recycled kit, but then people have to make it last. I remember your in, first, I think your first product range, when you very kindly gave me some of it, it had some quite, uh, quite a funny little washing instructions that you've written, yeah. didn't it? Don't even think you understand this. <laughs> this it is, is so technical. Like that, so, you don't even know. Yeah. Just do what you're told. 
<laughs> we've got a little bit nicer now and yeah. so we've got all videos and stuff and we've actually created <laughs> with the clothes doctor we've done um created yeah. this eco wash that's designed specifically for for the sort of fabrics we use so cool. hopefully it will last longer so yeah it's a, a lot going on and it's 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 just been it's been exciting but it's been a huge amount of work and i'm really so people can go and check out chapter3.com and and have a look at what's going on it, it's and do give me feedback and, and do check it all out because there's a lot a lot for us still to do and we really hope hope people like it. Cool. How's the dog? How's Guinness? Dog's great. I've kept him out. Guinness is good. He misses yeah. you, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, quite, but, uh, quite, I quite he's, miss he's handling it. There's a little bit of, of, of a concern. Separa- separation to, anxiety? Separation anxiety. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, separation anxiety when I go into my office and close the door. Yeah. So when I come out of there, I'm going to get a love bomb from Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> Poor oh. guy. That's what happens when you have a half staffy, half Labrador. Yeah, that's like double love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy thing. Cool. And when are but you yeah. when are you coming over to the UK? So we 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 can't. We're still embargoed. We can't really say what our plans are yet because it hasn't been nailed down, has it? No. Podcasting. So I, we'll just I'm, wait. We'll hold off on that. We'll hold off on yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I'm Linda over. Apples are proving very hard to get hold of at the moment. Nail down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard to nail down Melinda apples, especially when you've never actually spoken to them. But um, yeah, but you know, yeah, we're, we're, patience. We're patient. We're patient we're enough. Yeah. Um, so end of this week, I come down. But we're we're thinking about doing a London pod next week, aren't we? Yeah, I think next we should. To, when I'm out of when I'm out of quarantine, I think we should. I've been thinking well, um, about where I'm going to take you. Yeah, yeah, because we'll, we'll do it on, Thursday, on location. Uh, uh, Greenwich Park is going to be one of the locations. Have you ever been to Greenwich oh, Park? I have a Greenwich Staff College because my my dad went there. Oh, to um, oh, but think of something else. Naval Star yeah. Naval Staff College. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm um, still going to take you there because I've got. I want to talk to you about Greenwich Park. I've been, been there in, in 30 years. There we go. There so, we go. Yeah. And there actually, actually, I could take you to a stretch of road where, where I know where in the 2007 tour, where did you attack? Uh, well, it was about 30k, 20k's into the stage, 30k's into the stage. I was out of London already then, or was it just, just about, yeah, because the break had gone. Then I, ah, okay, nah, yeah, it was like 20k's into the stage, right? So after okay. all the race, after the sprints, wherever that was, okay, no, I won't do that then. Yeah. Well, my, Sorry. all my best laid plans for your city tour, I'm gonna have to rethink them, think of some other stuff, but uh, you can, there's enough, there's enough in London, there's enough in far London. From there's, London. Yeah, we'll, so we'll do a London pod, there's enough in London. <laughs> To a London pod, yeah, right. Okay. A little pre-tour London pod with a bit pre-tour of history and geography. A PTLP, okay. Yeah. We'll do a PTLP. All right. All right. Speak to you soon. Cheers. All right, Ned. Bye. See you. Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 